Welcome to Dulles. We're a community of faith that embodies the love of Jesus for the good of our neighbor and renewal of our world. We're so glad you're listening. Josh, hey man, how are you, buddy? Great, good to be with you again, as always. Wish we could do it in person, but uh, hey, thank God for technology. Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, so you you are officially part of our teaching team, but you've been busy for the last year. You've been you've been starting a church. Yes. Yeah. Tell tell us how tell us how that's going. Well, um, there's a there's a longer story which you know, um, but just to the Dallas audience, um, yeah, we started Hope Baltimore back in September of 2021. Um, you know, that's coming out of covid and um so man it was a lot going on and a lot to figure out uh then we got in the middle of um you know that first year and um uh, got opportunity to open up for us to potentially merge with another church which is hard enough trying to start one uh, then trying to think about how to merge with another one and so uh we weren't making it easy for ourselves uh that's for sure but um so we we did merge with that church we uh decided to move to a new lo- new location uh rebrand uh ourselves so we went from hope baltimore to hopeville which yeah. is the name of the church now and uh we launched that uh december 4th i believe of um uh, i think that was fourth uh well whatever the first sunday was in yeah. december of 2022 so we're just a few weeks into uh a second church plant i guess <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, man, I've been so excited for you and joined you guys there in Baltimore. I think it was last summer or maybe. Yeah, yeah, for one of our vision nights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was great. So uh, for those who don't know, Josh and I have been close for, I think, I think in Atlanta this fall, we figured out 18 years, 17 I, or 18 years. I think so. It's been, a, it's been a long time. Yeah, man, you've been such a good friend to me and I uh, love your heart. I love your vision. All right, so we at Dulles, we've been in this series this winter, we're calling Voice, about recognizing God's voice, yep. his intentional voice to us, and how, how it actually affects our own voice. Yeah. Um, so you left a home in Arlington, Virginia. Alexandria. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were in Alexandria. Yeah. Uh, Kingstown, yeah. Yep. You left, you left friends, a home, a church, family to start a church in Baltimore. And, you know, you were responding to something that you described to me, you know, years ago now that you knew was God's voice. So what, what was that like? What what was it like for you to recognize God's leading, his prompting, his direction, his voice enough for you to make, you know, a, a pretty big change for your family like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, um, you know, I just try to pay attention to nudges. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, Mark Batterson, uh, talks about these Holy Spirit nudges, you know. And um, so, yeah, I just started getting a little nudge that hey, maybe I was I was hitting my ceiling where I was um, at National Community Church at the time. Uh, Mark Batterson's lead pastor there, and we were good friends. And, um, and, and so I just started paying attention to that. Didn't know what was, what was next. But, um, you know, this Baltimore thing just kind of... Um, you know, kept swirling. There were different things coming up and different, um, I think things drawing my attention there. And um, yeah, I just started um, having a couple of conversations with some folks and I ended up having a conversation with a guy who had, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the city and it it just captured me what the way he described the city and what he talked about. And 
And I said, man, I don't know what this feeling is. Um, I need to pray about it. And so, you know, I just started praying about it and processing it. And and then I talked to my wife, which um, those of us who are married know that the Holy Spirit often speaks through our wives. Um, and so I brought this thing yeah. to Erica, my wife, and I said, hey, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, there's something for us that we need to explore in Baltimore. Uh, I don't know what it is. And um, I knew one or two things, which I tell you what my prediction was in a minute, but I knew like either she was going to say yay or nay. And uh, I just knew she was going to kill it. And she didn't. And she said, you know, I think we do need to pray about this. And uh, then from there, I went and had conversations with people I trusted and uh, the rest is kind of history. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I want to tie this to football here a little bit. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Um, You played football. And then after football, you became a pastor. Yep. And it's related to following God's voice. And you're saying nudges. Yeah. Um, Tell us how that unfolded, like, like, whether you call it the call of God or God's pastor. And, And specifically, did you... Is there an experience that you have where you just can't let go of a thought where yeah. it just keeps nagging at you like, oh, I think this might be God? Is that is that how it works? Well, let me let me tell you this story, Brad, that um, I've told before. I don't this might be my first time ever saying this like, um, you know, recorded uh, <laughs> publicly. But I was a rookie with um, the, the Redskins at the time. Obviously, now they're the commanders. And uh, man, I knew, um, and, and I, I knew that ministry was something I was supposed to be doing at some point. Now, there's a backstory to that. You know, I'm in college. You know, I was doing campus ministry. My dad's a pastor. You know, so so ministry and church and all that stuff is kind of, you know, in my you know bone, so to say, in my DNA. Yeah, um, yeah. you can say. But I didn't want to do that. I, I wanted to play ball. I did not want to do ministry. I did not want to pastor. Um, I was clear about that, but I, I really felt like it was another one of those nudges when I was, you know, uh, 21 years old and my senior year in college that, you know, this is something that God wanted me to do, but I wanted to play ball. Like I was very clear about that. So I get this opportunity. I didn't, I didn't forget about that and just said, Hey, maybe one day. And if it's supposed to be, you know, it'll, it'll happen, but I'm focused on playing ball right now. So fast forward. Um, you know, I, I get this crazy opportunity. I'm not drafted by the Redskins and I, I could potentially make this team. And I made the first cuts. I'll never forget this day. I made the first cut, which is remarkable for someone like me. Um, just long shot to make the team. And Deion Sanders was on that team. And he came up to me as a rookie. And I'm so excited that I just made this cut. And I'm like, all right, I got one more to go. I could possibly make this team. Let me have the best week of my life, you know, to like, you know, solidify this thing. And he says, hey, man, listen, he comes up to me before practice and he says, don't worry about making the team. Um, I I know you're going to make the team that I know you're going to make the team. It's all good. I'm like, bro, like you, you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, that's easy for you to say. I need to worry about making this team, you know. <laughs> um, and so he said, no, 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 you're going to make the team. This is what I want you to do. I want you to consider coming with me to D.C on Monday nights to meet with this pastor, Bishop Alfred Owens, um, and take a homiletics class, which if you guys know what homiletics is, that's the study of preaching. And it floored me in that moment because we had never talked about ministry. We had never talked about, you know, me feeling like this is what God might have for me at some point. And at that, when that happened and he asked me to do that, I'm like, 
well, that's a clear sign. Like I'm, I'm not going to be able to hide from this. And so um, it was this confirmation of something that was already there. And so I think like when we talk about discerning God's voice, a lot of times we have these confirmation moments that are not by accident. um, And they, they might not be as dramatic as I just explained, but that was a big part of how I eventually became a pastor because I knew from that moment, you know, and that was maybe three, four years removed from when I stopped playing. But I knew from that moment, like, okay, it's kind of clear what my next step is supposed to be. Yeah, it's interesting. You said confirmation. So like sometimes something's kind of inside you. You keep having a similar thought, yep. a concern about people or an idea of something that maybe you could do. And and then some conversation like that comes along. Yeah. Where you well, feel and like- then- and Brad, let me just say this, because I, I think I want to be clear and I want to help, you know, people really think about this. I, I The confirmation for me wasn't that I'm supposed to be a pastor. The confirmation was, OK, I need to take the next step. And so I think the encouragement that I'm offering is like when you have those moments, because we're not always clear about what the full plan is or how it's going to. I think it's just, okay, take the next step and being willing to take the next step. Yeah, that's really good. That's actually a focus of the series that we're in. Uh, What would you say to people, you know, uh, most people watching and listening are not going to become a pastor like you or me. Um, (laughs) Good for them. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it makes me envious a little bit. Um, School teachers or business owners, you know, government contractor, whatever it is. Yeah. And they would say they just don't believe God speaks to them or they they have trouble hearing God clearly. What's something you believe? And I know this is this is a general kind of question. What's something you believe keeps us, whether it's us as a society or just as humans, keeps us, prevents us from hearing God clearly? You know, honestly, I think it's a really practical thing. If you were standing a hundred yards away from me, um, trying to have a conversation with me in a regular tone, I, there's no way that I could hear you. But if we got, if we kept moving closer and closer and closer, eventually, like I would hear you. And so I think it really just comes down to a proximity thing, where like when it comes to God, and I know like it, it's different because it's not a, a human to human thing, but, but putting ourselves in a position where we can try to hear God and discern his voice. And that just starts with, with reading scripture and uh, moments of silence and solitude. We see in the scriptures where Jesus would, would just steal away and he would just, he would pray and he would, he would, uh, he would commune with God. And so it's about trying, I think, to increase our proximity and give our attention to God. You know, like we're giving our attention to so many different things and the voice of God is is drowned out, you know. Um, I think that's one part of it. I think another part of it is we're expecting God to answer us or speak to us um, the way that we want to or we think he should. So there's this crazy story that maybe some people have heard about, you know, this man, there's a flood that's going to come. And so he's praying and asking, you know, God to, to rescue him. And so a neighbor knocks on his door and, and offers to drive and said, no, thank you. God's going to save me. Then the water gets to the second floor and a boat, police boat comes by and says, you know, hey, you need some help. I was like, no, God's going to save me. Then then it gets 
you know, all the way up and he's on the roof and uh, and the Coast Guard comes with a helicopter and, and offers to, you know, lift him off. And he said, no, thank you. God's going to save me. And then he eventually drowns and he gets to heaven and says, God, like what happened? He's like, bro, I sent like your neighbor, the, the police, the Coast Guard. What do you want me to do? You know? And so I think, you know, the, the moral of the story is, you know, we're expecting God, I think, to to move or to speak or to clarify for us in the way that we're looking for. And, you know, he often speaks very differently and in, in, in different signs and through others in ways that maybe we're not expecting. But when we increase our proximity and we create space to hear from him, he'll he'll give us the confirmation. And and I should say back to my earlier point, sometimes we don't always get it right. And sometimes we're not always clear but I don't think, and maybe this is controversial, I don't think that God is judging in that way. I think that it's like a child who's trying to do the right thing and they make a misstep. That parent is honoring the fact that the, the, the child is trying to take the right step and do the right thing. And so I think that's what God is judging and that's what he's, he's encouraging us to do. Yeah, man, that's great stuff. Um... I really, really agree. You know, you and I were chatting again about the story that I know about a football related story after one of the Super Bowls. Yeah. Where I'm pretty sure it was Monty Coleman, Monty Coleman, linebacker for the, yeah. for the skins. Yeah. Comes out of this was in the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. They win the Super Bowl. And he comes out of the locker room after showering and dressing. He's just won a Super Bowl ring. And there's something he he described it as almost like this temptation toward depression. Like he yeah. couldn't he couldn't figure it out. He walks out onto the field. The stadium is practically empty. All the fans are gone. You know, confetti everywhere. And he realizes, wow, my dream. I just reached this dream. I've been dreaming about this since I was a kid. And now it's over. Just like that, I, I, I don't know what's next kind of thing. Yeah. And he starts telling, I think it was Charles Mann. Mm -hmm. uh, who we've had as a guest on Super Bowl Sunday before. And they start having this conversation about how easily the voice and heart of God get drowned out, even by our dreams, dreams that God are, God is in the dream itself can sometimes become God or the yes. primary voice. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I think we can do that with our incomes, with our jobs, with our retirements, um, and so their takeaway was they made this commitment standing there on the football field, like no matter what, we are going to prioritize the will and plan of, of Jesus in our lives, the rest of our lives. It's really a cool story Yeah, that right after the Super Bowl, they're saying we're only going to really be truly happy right. if we're chasing after the voice of, of Jesus. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, you, you mentioned proximity. Yep. But also distractions. There's just a, a world of loud noises and voices. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, Brad, you know, we chase a lot of things in our lives and, you know, we, I mean, ultimately what we desire is to be fulfilled. Like, even if we don't know that that's what it is, or we can clearly define, I mean, that that's just like, human like we have we have an emptiness within us that only god can feel and only the presence of god um can can fill us completely and you know whether it's 
the Super Bowl or a promotion or, you know, the house or whatever it is. I mean, those things are so temporary and they, and they, and they pass away. This is why, you know, Jesus said that like, Hey, we don't need to pursue those things. Like we don't need to store up, you know, these, these treasures here on earth because those things are going to pass away. And he, he said like, Hey, I actually, I have more for you. Um, and, and, and more beyond what you can even, you can even imagine or, or think. And, um, this is why, you know, there's a, there's the, the, when it comes to, unfortunately, people who are, who are ending their lives, like the statistics show that a lot of these people are, they have, they, all of the boxes are checked, you know, all they, they, they have everything, but, but they still have nothing at all. So, um, I, 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 and this is why, you know, at, at, at their highest moment, you know, Monty Kobe's coming out and and he's like, "Well, well, what's next? Like, because in a moment's notice, like, yeah, that you, you, you need the next thing now to you know to make you feel fulfilled and that just gets exhausting to a point where you just can't chase anymore yeah and there's something so settling for those of us who've learned to trust this that when the next thing is god's plan for me god's timing right that really uh not only gives confidence in life but it it you know i mean i guess the cliche would be peace but man it's there's just no other way to live right um and peace is peace is peace is it you know um and honestly that's what so many of us are are pursuing because that that fulfillment that we get in our relationship with god and and being in communion with him is what gives us peace um and joy and you know joy is not happiness because happiness is related to the happenings of our lives and if the happenings are bad then you know you're not going to be happy but joy is not it's not circumstantial and that can only come from you know god's peace and presence in our lives you've been uh you've been god's voice in my life in a number number of ways a number of occasions and i love you like a brother man hey same here bro same here we have talked, we've agreed that uh, we're kind of dreaming of our churches, doing some things together, being connected yeah. in some ways. Um, yeah, it's something important to me. I'd love to see that, love to see that happen. Love to see that happen. And um, yeah, we, we'll figure that out. We're, you know, we're, we're in relationship, we're brothers. And so um, I, I think that, uh, you know, out of the, the overflow of our relationship and love and support for each other, We'll we'll figure it out. Some something will bubble up. Hey, what's on your hoodie? What am I looking at there? Yeah, that's a um this is a lion and a lamb. Um <laughs> and uh it, it's actually a local company um called Icon Nation out of Frederick, Maryland. So I love to support, you know, Maryland, Baltimore. Um, so I'm always like wearing gear. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Um, you know. This is this is obviously a nod to Jesus being both lion and lamb, uh, and I always people always ask me about this, so I always get compliments on it. Love it, man. What's your Super Bowl prediction? Ooh, man. Um, I don't. You know what? For the first time, I don't really know. Um, you know, I I think it's it's amazing. Obviously, we've got you know history being made here with uh, first time two brothers are facing each other. Your first time two. African-American quarterbacks are facing each other. 
Um, so plenty of storylines. Andy Reid is facing his his old club, and yeah. um, you know, actually uh, let Nick Sirianni go from Kansas City when he took over the job, and so there's all kind of storylines here. But uh, I, I really, I really don't know. Um, I mean, I love to see Jalen Hurts get a get one. You know, um, I, I like Patrick Mahomes, but I think I think for the first time in a really long time. I'm just going to be enjoying the game and and seeing what happens. So I I, I really don't have a pick. So um, y'all don't hold that against me. Yeah, I'm similar. It's interesting. Did you see these four the 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 four teams in the championship games were the closest? Um, they were the closest team statistically than any four in NFL history. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so the point spreads were like the the most narrow. Wow. Well, I love you, man. Thanks for joining us this morning, and I uh, can't wait to see you soon. Yeah, I love you too, man. Peace to you guys.